This is The Playbook. Welcome to Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. And I got a double dose of entrepreneurship today. Two of my favorite entrepreneurs, they're rocking and rolling. You may not know their names like Deepak Chopra or Cameron Diaz or all of the other notable spirits of excellence that have been on The Playbook with over 1,600 episodes. But I'll tell you, these guys represent more to me about entrepreneurship and the abundance that can be created by providing jobs, giving money, and teaching so many people how to make more money, help people, and have fun. I have my dear friend Joe Tolzman in the house. He's the CEO, founder of Rocket Plan, always here providing service and value, and he's made an extreme introduction to me. I'd never heard of this guy myself, but Phil DePaul is here, CEO of Boomzeal Enterprises, multiple contracting businesses that can help provide not only protection and promotion to his customers and clients over the years, but also an abundant attitude, as we'll find out, giving back to his community in a variety of different ways. Gentlemen, welcome to The Playbook. Thanks for having us. Yeah, very much appreciate it. Both of you, uh, and and I mean this in the greatest light, I had mentioned beforehand, I'm a Toptimist. Both of you guys, no offense, Joe Tolzman especially, you guys are average Joes. You are American dreams. Uh, And that's the part that I love the most. I still tell people today, gentlemen, that it's the only country in the world, America, that you can grow up literally on the street and end up to be one of, if not the richest or the most famous, most powerful, most impactful person in your industry, career, or job. And both of you are proving that. Uh, And I'm going to start with you, Phil. Your journey uh, has led you to be an extraordinary entrepreneur, but what led you in the path to believe that you could have such a huge success in your life? Yeah, uh, first of all, love the platform. Happy to be here. Uh, I am average in every sense of the word. Uh, the tail of the tape says I am as generic as they come. Uh, I think the only thing that you know might set me apart is my sharp mouth and uh, you know my unrelenting attitude towards just trying to grow and and do something you know that makes worth uh, feel uh, makes life feel kind of special. So um, yeah, my uh, you know where does it come from? I think it comes from. I have to give uh, a big a a big uh, thank you to my parents. They really created just an atmosphere of love, support, and, you know, you could be anything you want to be, you know, and you don't really know that when you're growing up, but when you have the perspective to look back, I think it gave me the, the optionality to feel like I could do anything. You know, I was going to be a professional wrestler at one point in time. They said, yeah, go for it. You know, I, uh, I went in this direction, that direction, no matter what it was, it was unconditional. And when it came time to uh, to growing and maturing, I've had so many thought leaders. I'm staring at uh, Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich, and 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 uh, I did. Uh, I've read or listened to your book. I consume audio books voraciously. I uh, love your podcast. My mind doesn't stop, uh, and my hands never stop. So I was always active, physically, mentally, and thankfully, I was geared in a good direction. So consumed a lot of information that's I feel like set me up to to be on an entrepreneurial journey uh, long before I ever had my own business. So. I think the wisdom that comes from just living your life and trying to step outside yourself, looking at the decisions you're making, trying to act like the person you want to become uh, has always been what I've been doing, faking it till you make it. And 
Yeah, I, I was never in business officially until I bought my first franchise, but I felt like I was on a journey for, you know, uh, 15, 20 years uh, to get to that point. And now you could say I'm living the dream. So, well, you know, if you became a professional wrestler, you'd be dealing with the other Dave Meltzer, who is <laughs> very well known in the wrestling world. He's probably the most famous wrestling journalist, MMA, UFC journalist today. Uh, and people get us confused all the time. Uh, but Joe Tolzman, you know, this idea of having a desire to develop skills, to develop knowledge, and uh, complement it with the desire uh, that Phil has is a common denominator. It has no uh, set outcome or attachment. You started by immigrating to the United States and working the back bar at the Dairy Queen because you were too afraid to work the till because uh, language was a barrier and your confidence was a barrier, but you never stopped developing your skills, your knowledge and your desire. And you don't identify your own personal development with the business you're in, right? I tell people all the time, they're like, you're so lucky. You've always loved what you do. I'm like, who in the world would love, you know, selling legal research online in 1992 with slow modems and XD computers you know, I look at both of your professions in the plumbing and junk removal and, you know, contracting and SaaS solutions for contracting and restoration and all the things you guys do. And let's be honest, there's not a five-year-old right now watching TV when, when he has his eyes on football, baseball, hockey, soccer, wrestling, whatever it is going, man, someday I want to be Joe and Phil. I want to run that plumbing business. I want to be in the restoration side of things. But yet, when they get to be 40 or 50 years old, they'll say, man, I wish I would have built something like Joe and Phil. For you, how did you stay focused on the skills, the knowledge and desire and not worry about the Dairy Queens or the restoration or the SaaS solutions that you deal with each day? David, there's so much I can relate to what Phil was saying. Not too long ago, becoming average was just a dream. Like I could say <laughs> English. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was something I dreamed I could do one day, and I really worked towards that. But a uh, long, long time ago, I realized what I want to do. Grade one, I was six years old. I get this cartoon character book for my birthday, and I bring it to school. I show it to my friends. Everybody loves it. Everybody wants it. So I get this idea. I want to share it with my classmates, but I want to make some money too. So I started selling it, making prints and selling it to my classmates for your lunch money. So I took a blank piece of paper, put it over the page in a book, traced around the characters, colored them in, start selling them. Now, suddenly I'm getting these orders. I got to schedule weeks in advance to fill in. And it was such an overwhelming feeling, but I knew it. this is what I want to do. I want to provide value to people, give them what they want. Obviously, I want to make some money too. Then I got into big trouble. Teacher found out. My parents were called to school. I had to return the money, but... My classes got to keep the print, so that was good. The big deal was, where did I even get this idea from? But this was Croatia, part of communist Yugoslavia at the time. Business was not encouraged. encouraged. But he clicked to me one day, I'm going to get the hell out of there. I want to do business. This is what I want to do. I want to be an entrepreneur. That is amazing. And although I referred to both of you as a perception that people participated as average Joe, average Joe, the plumber, average Joe, the damage restoration, average Joe, the SaaS solution, junk removal, water restoration group, whatever it is, the boom zeal guy. 
Uh, I don't think, although you were looking to be an average Joe, that good enough was going to be enough for either of you. And Phil, uh, your record of being the number one award winner in so many different areas, whether it be countrywide in franchising or in Long Island specifically, or whatever you do, even in the uh, eye of the hurricane, as we see so many here falling in Southern California and Florida again, uh, good enough is not enough for you. Uh, more than good success and honored effort and the resilience that most people have, you have something special inside of you that you must be what you can be. How do you stay inspired when you reach a level of good enough to be the best? Yeah. You know, I don't even know the answer to that question. All I can speak to is that, you know, I used to call it a demon inside of me, but as too much of a negative uh, vibe, I think at the end of the day, I've just always had this, you know, it's an unrelenting drive towards whether it's competition, you know, it starts externally, love sports, you know, obviously you could appreciate that, you know, grew up playing anything, everything, wherever I could, but then it very quickly as I matured turned into an internal competition. So what it was, was I just always kept wanting to push the boundaries on my life experience, the impact I could have. And the thing I always came back to, especially sports, team success. So the thing that always got me excited was who's alongside me? Who am I passing the ball to? Who am I, you know, on, you know, the court or the field with uh, hypothetically? Uh, and the, you know, I appreciate the accolades. We are, we're trying to lead the pack uh, collectively as an organization in many ways. And we've been recognized for it. And we really just use our values. Uh, they started as my values, but now they've been adopted by dozens of people who see something in this Boomzeal uh, vision, this journey, this uh, compilation of service companies. And I love the word service, you know, to be of service literally means to do something, you know, to, to be action oriented and ideally to do that for others. So where does it start? Like, I think that the, the thing that really gets me going is when I see other people around me have success. And if I could have an impact on others to reach a new level in their life or career that they maybe didn't know possible or didn't know how to get there, like, that's success. So the accolades, I think that the measuring stick of if you're on the right track might be, you know, number one, top of the leaderboard. But then I go to the, 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 the one next to me and I say, all right, now, now outdo me, you know, raise the bar. I think that it's the pursuit, you know, the pursuit of excellence being process oriented has always been the thing that I've come back to. You know, I'm hard on myself. You know, everyone wants to be number one. Everyone wants to win. Sometimes winning is just playing. I mean, one of my, uh, you know, one of my biggest influences right now is uh, Alex Hormozzi. I, I can't get over his uh, his his concept of play the game. You only lose if you quit. So whatever that is, that's your life, that's your business. Just keep getting after it. And I'm I'm fortunate because there's something inside of me that has always kind of propelled me to do things, to take action, and. Uh, in fact, that's what my family says about me. Phil, he likes to do things. He doesn't sit still. You know, you guys are sitting I'm at my standing desk. So again, it's just some people have, uh, you know, just have uh, a passion. My passion is, uh, I don't know, trying to make things happen. I love it. When I'm standing as well, and Alex and Leza, uh, Layla Hermosi will be on office hours as we film again, and they've been in the past. Uh, and understanding, it's so interesting that you point that out because 
Uh, I learned more in sports than I did in college, grad school, or business school. And one of the greatest lessons I learned from playing football was my college football coach who said, because I would get too excited when I was successful and too depressed when I was a failure, he would always say, just keep playing. And, you know, if you do your best, learn lessons and have fun playing, uh, your baseline will improve in aggregate compound and accelerate, and you will far exceed your own uh, expectations, but never uh, your self-image. Uh, now, Joe, you also do a lot more than just business. You have a bigger picture in your mind, a higher level of thinking, a, a bigger self-image. Both of you listen to and read uh, all the same things. You know, I've been in the book, Think and Grow Rich Legacy and the movie, The Secret and Beyond the Secret, uh, trying my best to surround myself with the people who are writing the books to help uh, as well. But you think bigger. You know, I know Phil does triathlons. You spend a, an inordinate amount of time for someone that runs all these businesses on your personal development. How important is it, you know, for someone that is hyper productive, accessible, and gracious to spend the time and the money on personal development? It's critical. You know, life is a journey, so it's not like we get to one point, we reach the goal, and that's it, we're done. Like, it's continuous growth. There's always things we need to learn. With the growth, we go to the areas we haven't been before, so it's always new. There's always something new to learn, to put together, and what I found works the best for me is talk to as many people as possible and just hear everyone's story, everyone's experience, and apply to what we're doing in our circumstances. It's amazing. Uh, Phil? You know, I have come across a quote last week that has changed my life. Um, and it was from an Academy Award winning coach who did the uh, documentary, Academy Award winning documentary, Undefeated. Um, and he said to me, David, you know, he's a coach down in Tennessee. He said, I never thought my life would be as far as I've gotten. I just wanted to give back and be a coach. And I know you coach so many people. And I, you know, I'm proud to, to coach uh, Joe and, and someday Phil, I hope to coach as well. But, you know, he said to me, David, uh, players win games, but coaches, they win players. And you have a favorite quote that I know that is similar in, to me, synergistic with the idea that players win games and coaches win players. And it's leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. And I think as we have the idea on my mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, to make more money, help more people and have more fun, that the unsung heroes, the unsung leaders are sitting in, you know, the moving space, the, the hauling space, the trash and junk space, the restoration space, the small business space, the number one franchise space. What are you doing today to live by that quote of not creating followers letting the players win the game, but creating leaders yourself? Man, so short answer, not enough. You could always be doing more. But uh, <laughs> uh, what am I doing? Uh, trying to build an organization that is not like every other one, that's built on, you know, the the cultural fabric of who we are first and what we do later. As you can see by all the emblems behind me, um, I call them butterflies. I've, I've had a penchant for chasing butterflies because I see everything as an opportunity. And then I take that opportunity and I go, what was I thinking? Because I put more and more on my plate, which I've learned so much, so many lessons in the last four plus years of 
being on this entrepreneurial journey that uh, it's the people who I've brought in that help me see those values, the ones that I valued inside myself and was trying to manifest into the world through our organization, which started as United Water Restoration Group, that made me think that, oh, it was just me, you know, but then there's one more. And then there's one more. And it's the it's the the momentum of seeing people like believe in what you believe in, the validation that, you know what, these crazy ideas, maybe they're a little crazy, but they should be worth chasing if you're going to do it. And just because personal development is in my blood, I'm staring at another quote. I was I was listening to and I listen a lot now. I don't. I love reading, but I have to listen because I'm with I, you, man. I got a lo load. If it doesn't there, come right? in an audio book, I use AI. By the way, one of the tricks I use there's a book by JJ Palmer in 1850. So there's no uh, audio book. I know there's a trick that you can get the PDF, and then through AI you can say, "Hey, create an audio book in David Meltzer's voice or in Joe." And it's so awesome. I can make my own audio books now. That's fantastic. So I just, I want to drop this because it, it builds on what you said about building more leaders and helping me see, hey, because a dream exists in your mind, in your heart. The manifestation of it is when other people see it too. And, you know, about a year ago, like I had serious buy-in from, uh, from a partner of mine at one of my businesses and it validated, oh, now it's real. It was like, it was a baby in the world. This Boomzio movement is not just a me thing. It's now like, it's an us thing and about building leaders. So uh, I think it was the CEO of, of GE. I don't know if it was Jack Welch at the time, but good to great Jim Collins highlights it. And what was their, what was their hedgehog concept? Being the best in the world at developing executive talent, deploying it in good businesses to produce great results. Uh, steadily increasing profit per unit of executive talent was their metric, you know, and as I kind of build this organization, it just, I, 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 I saved that because it resonated with me. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? it? It summed it up so well that I'm not sure how to, how to change it, but that's the path that I'm on. Like I want to help change other people's lives and maybe I can't change a million people's lives, but if I change one or 10 or whatever, you know, then, then my life will have felt like it fulfilled something. Well, you are sharing my mission, my friend, and I'm sure you and I will get closer and spend more time together mm -hmm. with a perspective like that. There's no doubt providing quantitative value is so important. One of the difficult things for guys like the average Joes uh, and the average Phils is articulating that quantitative value. I see it all the time in the solar business, for example, which is if I ever needed to make money, I could sell solar all day long because I can articulate the quantitative value and increase the emotional connection or attachment to solar, but it has math combined to it. Uh, Joe, one of the things I love about Rocket Plan is that I can also never go broke again because I can sell Rocket Plan any day of the week because it has so much of a quantitative value. The same holds true with Bill's business. Uh, how difficult was it for you to learn to articulate that quantitative value? Because I know you yourself we're in the business and then created a solution out of the frustration of the wasted time, wasted money, and inaccuracies that were created in the business, which is why you created Rocket Plan. David, when I started, I was always focused on providing value to become valuable. But it's a grind, you know, coming from Croatia, not knowing the language, not having the network, basically not knowing anybody. 
it was like, is that even possible? Is that even possible? But then I'm so grateful to have you as a, as a mentor, as a coach, as an advisor, make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a good time. And it's always been a focus to create this culture of collaboration and growth where everybody works together, focused on delivering value. With Rocket Plan, when I started the company, it was me and two more employees. We built this company to over 100 employees with branches in Vancouver and Calgary. When I started, I was the guy taking the calls, responding to the emergencies, middle of the night, weekends, evenings, anytime, working with my crew on a job site, cutting the drywall, demolition, cleanup, gathering all this documentation, and then spending hours creating those reports, reporting to insurance companies, doing estimates, doing billing. And I was able to do that up until 20 employees. But then as we're getting bigger and bigger, we're hiring people for the office, estimators, extra bookkeepers, dedicated people to chasing people on a job site, to gathering all this documentation, to have it in one place. And we implemented three other different software for this vertical, went through length implementation, three to six months to come to conclusion, they don't work. And the reason for that is because they were built before smartphones really became smart. Back in the day, there was no other way but to open up the laptop, enter this information in or send it to someone in the office and have them do it. And I was like, no, this is not good enough. So I figured I got to hire a software engineer, bring them on staff and build something that actually works for the people in the field to do what they're doing anyways, capturing the documentation, but on a mobile device. So we built this prototype. It looked like 1980s DOS, black screen, green and red buttons, but it worked so well. We were able to gather all this documentation in one place, click the button, automate the reporting, have all the backup for estimating and billing in one place. And as a result of that, we cut out over 50% of that admin labor. We accelerated our cash flow because now we're able to invoice quickly, accurately, the moment the job is finished. Business was good. Now we're scoring new business from property managers, insurance adjusters, because us getting the documentation to them makes their lives easier. And one day I realized what a, what a massive opportunity is to help the entire industry and scale SaaS company. So that's how we started Rock Plan. Yeah, and I can attest to everything that you're saying, Joe. I mean, in this industry, details are everything. I mean, as a restorer, you got to quantify, qualify. You know, you're telling a story after the story has already happened. Yeah. You know, the, the biggest challenge is you, you respond to someone middle of the night. It can be any time helping them in distress. You're running around the job site day and night, putting their lives back to normal, helping them out. But then all the documentation sometimes takes even more and you're not getting paid unless you're having the documentation. So I, I feel good about solving this problem for the industry because we're helping so many people that actually work on the ground, but also we're helping these homeowners putting their lives back to normal a lot quicker. Yeah, and last question real quick, Phil, you know, and I appreciate the testimonial as well because I'm doing as much as I can to articulate the value of entrepreneurs like Joe and building and looking beyond and expanding beyond getting so busy working, you forget to make money when you can provide value and articulate it to so many different people. Uh, but ever since you've purchased the United Water Restoration Group, uh, you know, over what, four years ago now, uh, you now have uh, so many different businesses, including one Tom Plumber, which is your newest venture. Uh, why did you choose with all the different businesses you have behind you signified by those beautiful logos, why did you choose uh, to uh, go with One Tom Plumber as your next venture? 
So I'll give you two. It's a two-prong answer. Number one, uh, the economic opportunity, right? It's a staple business. Um, I came from the plumbing wholesale industry. I spent 14 years uh, in supply houses helping uh, my first you know, real job grow and expand their business. I got that job because my father has been a uh, uh, master. Well, he hasn't been a master up until recently, but he is a he is a, uh, a, a professional plumber for 40 plus years. And um, when I got into restoration, you know, here we are, we're responsive. Right. So after something bad happens, we are there to help clean up the mess. And one of the best uh, lead referral sources in our business is plumbers. So there's a natural complement to being and we are at 24 seven emergency service plumbing company, which there's value there, right? People need their drains cleared. They need their, their leaky pipes fixed. So it's, it's not sexy. It's a staple business until we stop living in houses and structures. People are always going to need this, this business, right? So why did I choose it? That combined with the fact they have an exceptional culture. You meet the folks at one Tom plumber. Um, they, they're onto something there. So their values speak to my values, but the, the more, the more, uh, heart centric reason I get to work with my dad now. So uh, oh. he is, uh, he's going to be a big part of, of this business. And, uh, you know, moving forward, this is, uh, this is now going to become part of a family legacy. And I mean, it, it, it might've been a dream, right? Like I said, and now the manifestation of that dream is uh, it's starting to happen and it's exciting. And, you know, I look at my son and I just think, listen, he could do whatever he wants, but he'll have options just like I did. And uh, I'm excited to be at this point. Well, we were certainly excited to have both you and Joe giving your playbooks of success. If you want to learn the mindset, the heart set, the handset to becoming a great entrepreneur, to making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun, there's no two better icons than the average Joe's. Joe Tolzman, CEO of Rocket Plan Technologies, and of course, the amazing CEO of Boomzeal Enterprises, incorporating so many different businesses uh, but leading the way of building leaders. Phil DePaul, Joe Tolzman, thank you for joining me. This is David Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.